What's up, guys? Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, an unscripted journey. And I am your host, Abby McDonald. And if I could just take a moment to say thank you to you for stopping by and giving me a listen. I appreciate it more than you know. I hope that you stay. But if my podcast isn't for you, then I hope that you find the one that is. Doing a podcast has been a dream of mine for years. Unfortunately, I am human. And I have this brain that can talk me out of doing just about anything that gets me out of my comfort zone. I have an amazing family, husband, friends that push me and believe in me, even when I'm unable to believe in myself. So with that being said, we are here and I am so excited to share with you season one of my podcast. So many fun, exciting, emotional interviews are in store for you. And I'm going to do my absolute best to release a new episode every Tuesday. With this being my first episode, I want to give you a little background on myself and what you can expect from this podcast. I started sharing my story on different social media outlets, but this podcast was always the plan. I have a story that is not unique, but it is often not talked about due to stigma, not being educated on the subject, or just embarrassment. And I can assure you, I am not embarrassed of my story today. If anything, I am proud. So let me tell you a little bit about me. As I stated earlier, my name is Abby, and I'm 41 years old. I'm married to the man of my dreams, and we have two amazing little girls that continually keep me on my toes. February 24th, I will celebrate 10 years clean and sober. Now you may be asking yourself, how did you get here? And I would love to tell you. Growing up, I was the third of four girls. Loving parents, hardworking dad, upper middle class family. But from an early age, I remember feeling like I didn't belong. Not for anything my family did. Just a feeling that I had. I remember feeling like my family would be better off without me. What a thought for a child to have. Then once I was in school, making friends was never an easy task for me. I would have girls pretend to be friends with me, and then a week later... They would tell me they couldn't eat with me anymore because we were no longer friends. Bullying was rough. And it got worse in middle school because it was based on my appearance. Physically, I developed much quicker than the girls my age. So it was definitely a source of constant bullying. Going into high school, I promised myself I would never go through that again. 
So whatever group I hung out with, I became what you were. Whatever you did, I did. I was certain this was the only way I would ever have friends. As I got a little older, my senior year, I became very close with two girls in high school, and they were probably the only ones that ever really got to know me for me and never made me feel bad about who I was. I will always treasure those friendships. After graduating, I started working and moved into my own apartment. I took a year off of college because I was sure this is what was needed. Me working full time and getting myself together. In this time, though, my eyes were definitely opened up to the world of drugs. I can't say that I felt like it was a problem right away, but I do remember a switch flipping when I realized I felt invincible when I was on a substance or when I was drinking. It did become a problem quickly after a severe car crash that I was in. A drunk driver driving a semi-truck ran through a red light when it was raining and I was on my way to work. I had a green light and as I was going, I had no time to stop when the semi turned in front of me. My car lodged right underneath the semi and it felt like forever before he stopped and realized I was there. I still don't know how I escaped that car crash with only broken ribs, bruises, cuts, and scrapes. But that isn't really all that I got from that car crash. I also developed an awful drug habit. I was prescribed Oxycontin. It helped with the pain, but it also numbed me in a way that I absolutely never even knew was possible. I was on an unlimited supply. If I needed more, I was written a new script. It was never an issue. I was on them for a good six, seven months. And then I walked into his office and one day he just decided he needed to cut me off. I can't say that I really knew what I was in for because at this time withdrawal was not even a part of my vocabulary. And I had never had any experience with having my body physically addicted to something before and then taking it away. I realized this was not going to work. I was sicker than I could have ever even imagined. There was literally things coming out of every orifice of my body. I was freezing cold and then I would get burning hot. My body felt like someone was continually stabbing me all over. The pain was unbearable. I picked up the phone. I called a friend and I said, I can't do this. I have to find something. I have to find these pills. 
I remember her calling back with what felt like hours and it had only been probably five minutes. And she said, I found a source and I can get you some pills. I felt like I was invincible again. That was short lived. I remember calling the source not too much longer, needing more. And he said, listen, I'm all out and I have no idea where to get more. I remember crying on the phone, me, a grown ass woman crying for one more pill. I couldn't believe what I had become. Then in the middle of my crying, he says, well, I can get you heroin, but that's about it. Seriously, I can get heroin all day, every day, but I can't get anything else. I was so upset. Like, seriously? Heroin? Do you know who I am? Is what I'm thinking. I'd say five minutes later, I was on my way to pick some up. And within three days of that, I was shooting it. Something I absolutely said I would never do. And just like that, in a blink of an eye, absolutely everything changed. Two days later, I sold everything out of my apartment. Couch, chairs, kitchen table, kitchen chairs, TVs, entertainment stand, all the utensils. If they wanted it, I sold it. I lost everything, including my job. I became that unreliable worker that nobody wanted to give any more chances to. I ran out of things to sell besides myself. And at this point, I refused to even look at myself in the mirror because I had lost all respect for myself a very long time ago. So disrespecting my body, that was just par for the course. I was hanging out with people that were scary and motivated by drugs. I had one girl that I became somewhat close with. We were both caught in this awful drug-filled version of Groundhog's Day. I can't say that I ever really trusted her, but I truly never thought that she would do to me what she ended up doing to me. She took me to a friend of her house. She told me they were having a party. When we walked in, everything in my gut told me that I was in danger. But I froze. I remember her telling me that she forgot something and quickly jumping up. And before I knew it, she was up and out the door. I stood up and I was told by one of the males that I wasn't going anywhere as he locked the door and told me to sit back down. 
I was held there for a day and a half. I was raped repeatedly. And any time that I resisted, we'll just say that I was physically hurt. I didn't think that I was leaving there. Definitely not alive. But after threatening my life and anyone I loved, he told me to get the fuck out. I wish that I could tell you I ran for help and that and that I helped get him locked up. I, I wish that I could tell you that. But that's just not the case. I left there and I got high. So that I could try and block out and numb the awful things that had just happened to me. But quickly, I found out that there was nothing that was taking that pain away. I saw his face everywhere. I saw it when I tried to sleep. I saw it when I was awake. I saw it just walking around. He was everywhere. What had I become? What have I done? All of it was too much. I saw no other way out. I had to take my own life. In my mind, it was the only choice. I made a plan. I had been staying at my grandma's after she passed away because my dad and uncle were trying to sell the house. They told me that I could stay there and fix it up for showings. I decided I would intentionally overdose. I picked a night. I knew that my family would not come by and I followed through and I was successful. And my higher power decided it was not my time to go. A friend of mine that couldn't get a hold of me happened to stop by my grandma's knowing that I was staying there for a short while. When he saw my car there, and I still wasn't answering, he went around and looked in the windows. He got in the screened-in porch and saw me through the sliding glass door, laying there lifeless on the living room floor. He got in through the unlocked side door that I had been using to take my dog out. When he got in, he immediately started CPR until the paramedics arrived. When the paramedics got there, I was shot with Narcan, flatlined, and shot with Narcan again. He saved my life. I was pissed when I came to, and I realized that my plan had failed. But he saved me. I left against medical advice, went back to my grandma's and was trying to decide what to do while still obviously having to get high. But again, my higher power was not done. My parents lived in Cincinnati at this point for my dad's job. 
and they would come in and visit me and my sisters occasionally. I don't even remember my parents being in town this particular weekend, but they came by knowing that I had been staying at my grandma's and brought me groceries. The thing is, if I was around people, I had this whole preparation that I had to do to prepare myself to be around others. I was badly scarred. I had track marks literally from my neck down to my toes. My hands were completely destroyed with track marks. And these were all things that I had to cover or put makeup on anytime I was around any family. So obviously I didn't have time to do any of these things. I got very defensive the minute that my parents walked in and I'm sure that they were ready to turn around and leave as soon as they got there. But they sat down with me at the table and we all began talking. And my mom looked down at my hand because obviously for a split second I must have forgot and I had my hands up on the table. And she said, what happened to your hand? And I had five different excuses rush through my body of what I could say this was. And I let all of them go. And I looked my mom in the face and I said, this is from injecting heroin and I can't stop. And I can't remember if I had to repeat it again because I know that they both looked at me like, what did you just say? And it still makes me so emotional because I remember watching the life drain out of my mother and father. But in that moment, I had never felt so free. I knew that my secret was out. This thing that I had been trying to carry with me for so long, it was out. And they aren't going to leave me. They love me. They're going to help me. It was the first time, oh, in so many years, that I had a glimmer. Just a glimmer because I didn't know what was going to happen from there, but I had a glimmer of hope. So my parents loaded me into their car and my dog and took us back to Cincinnati. I don't remember much of the car ride or anything, even once we got to my parents, but I remember my mom continually being on the phone trying to find a treatment facility to get me into. She finally found one that could take me the next day. I remember it being the longest night of my life. We got there the next morning 
And I remember not thinking about how long I'm going to stay here. I just knew that I was in the place I needed to be in. They told me detox would be about six or seven days and then I could leave. Later finding out that my parents put on their credit card for me to stay the entire month. I I don't really remember how I felt about that. I think that I just wanted to get through detox. I don't think I had any intention of staying until I found out that my parents did that. I knew that I had to do this. Even if it was just for them, I had to at least try. Something happened to me in there. One, I found out that I wasn't alone. That there are so many other people that struggle with the same things that I struggle with. And that there is help. And there's people that want to help. I ended up staying there a little over a month. I want to say like a month and two weeks. And then went directly from there into sober living. And stayed in sober living for nine months. Building relationships with the most amazing women that have that have just gone through some of the most difficult things you could ever imagine. And they're just trying to get it right. Isn't that all we're we're all trying to do? Is to get to get it right. After sober living, me and two girls that um, I became really close with ended up getting a house together, just renting a house together. Um, And we stayed in there for about a year. I had met um, a guy in treatment. We became really good friends and later started dating once we were out of treatment. Um, And he is now my husband. So, um... A lot of times people are not, do not understand why I would get with somebody that struggles and has the same demons and and the, the same things that hold them back or held them back, why we would start a relationship. And all I can say is... We very quickly knew that what we had was special and neither one of us wanted to ruin it. And we knew that as long as his recovery stayed his and my recovery stayed mine, that we were going to make this work. And we have been married for seven years now. We have two amazing little girls, four and six. So, yeah, I I mean, so now I get to live this amazing life today. And I'm not going to say that that it's always sunshine and rainbows because it's not. I still deal with depression, anxiety, PTSD all the time. I still see that man's face in my nightmares. And it's still a constant battle, but I get to live a life that I never thought was possible. 
and all of the things that I'm doing to heal are the things that are going to help me in the future with the problems that I face today. And as long as I don't pick up and use, I can get through anything. I truly appreciate you guys being here with me today and listening to my story. I get to be an aunt today. I get to be a mom today. I get to be a wife, a daughter, a sister. These are all things that I've always wanted. I just believed that they weren't possible. I believed that the things that I had done in my past were too much for me to ever get through any of that. And I was so wrong. There is help. There is hope. There are so many people out there that have been through the same things that you have and have gotten to the other side. And for the ones that haven't, that's why I'm here. Because I want you to understand and I want you to know that there is a life worth living and you are worthy and deserving of it. You just got to put in the work and you have to open your mouth. You have to talk to somebody that you love, somebody that loves you, somebody that has your best interest at heart and you need to get vulnerable. You have to. It is the only way that you can get help. You shouldn't have to white knuckle life. You shouldn't. It's what I was doing for so long. I don't remember a time that I wasn't. I just want you to understand that you're not alone. And if you're struggling... Just know that I understand and I know that it's hard, but I promise you asking for help is so worth it. It truly is. And you deserve it. You so deserve it. Ooh, I, I feel like that was a lot. But it's my story and um, I feel like I need to share it, um, especially with, you know, some of the subject matters and the things that will come up in, in other episodes. So I feel like you need to know a little about me and I'm an open book. If someone out there can relate to my story and this helps them know that they're not alone. That is why I am doing this. That is why I will tell my story until I'm blue in the face. Every podcast, I'm going to end with one of my favorite quotes of the week. And this quote to end this podcast is, you will face many defeats in your life, but never let yourself be defeated. Maya Angelou. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. I I loved having you here, and I hope that you'll join me next Tuesday. Be kind and just be a good person. Bye, guys. <laughs>